Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Samuels vs. Schlanger. I am Leighton Samuels, I am Leighton Schlanger, and oh boy, god, I, I feel like I started every single- We should go back and we should check the tape, because I'm pretty sure I have started every single episode for the past two weeks with oh boy, because oh boy, the NFL has a problem, bro, and that problem- is COVID-19, and I wish, I mean, God, there are a million things that I wish the NFL was having more trouble dealing with right now than uh, than, than a, a freaking global pandemic. Like, like you know, maybe, maybe they were having problems with viewership. Like, that'd be a good problem for them to have right now, right? Or like, if they were having problems with, like, referees trying to sneak uh, milkshakes onto the field. <laughs> I don't, that's not a, that's not even a, where did you pull that out of your butt? I don't know. I was trying to think of a funny issue because there were a lot of not funny issues going on right now. Um, so I was trying to think of a funny issue, you know, trying to bring some joy to the people that listen to this podcast instead of just starting out with the gloom and doom of COVID-19. Well, unfortunately, we do have to hit the gloom and doom of COVID-19 and what better way to start that than doing it right here in this intro before we get to football analysis. So already we are looking at a delay of the Broncos-Patriots game until Monday night. And we are looking at a delay of the Bills-Titans game until Tuesday night. Now the problem with this is... Those game times on Monday and Tuesday assume that there are no more positive tests going into this weekend. But another Titans player tested positive Thursday morning, yesterday morning, um, since you will be listening to this on Friday. Um, Another Patriots player tested positive yesterday morning as well. And... We haven't had any positive tests come out of Kansas City yet, but we know for a fact that Stefan Gilmore, who tested positive for COVID literally right after their game, was COVID positive in that game. So we, we've hit a really, really interesting mess. I mean, A, some of this could have been solved with just some common sense testing which which I didn't even realize I I you know this is my bad being a being a a a, a, a podcast extraordinaire <laughs> you just call yourself a podcast extraordinaire I didn't know that like the word for someone who leads a podcast um a DJ is that well no because that's a, like a radio DJ um a a podcast a podcast uh, a spokesperson no because well, because like a spokesperson is is for brands um, this really isn't important. I don't know why we're, we're pausing this to try to figure out what someone who runs a pod, I'm a podcaster. There we go. A, a football podcaster, uh, as a football podcaster, I should have known this, but I didn't realize until the Vikings, uh, did this on Sunday. The Vikings were the first team in the NFL this season to do game day COVID tests. Here I was, going into this season, thinking, common sense, NFL, you need to have tests on game day because it is the one 
time. It is the one day that there could potentially be cross-contamination between football teams. And that is the worst way for this thing to spread. If it is one team, it can be it can be maintained. Like as gosh, as this keeps going with the Titans, at least it could have just been the Titans. And at least it could just be the Titans. You know, we had we had uh, the St. Louis Cardinals uh, in baseball miss two weeks, but at least they didn't infect other teams. Baseball caught this in time. Uh, the the early season games that the St. Louis Cardinals plays, played were against the Pittsburgh Pirates. I almost said the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a football podcast. The Pittsburgh Pirates and the Minnesota Twins. Neither of those two teams had COVID outbreaks while the Cardinals did. So so the, the MLB was smart enough. They shut it down. They nipped it in the bud so there was no cross-contamination. Now, without game day COVID test, which, which is, is, again, it's, it's crazy to me that the NFL would decide that they should do tests every single day except for game day, which was the policy. And I understand you want teams to be able to focus on the game ahead, but this is player safety. And I, I cannot believe just a week ago or a week and a half ago, I praised the NFL on how they have handled this virus. But it's all for show. Every single thing that the NFL has put in place for COVID protections is for show. Is to to be able to put a face out to the public that, hey, we are doing our part. We are fining coaches for not wearing masks. But you don't do game day tests? It's nonsense. And because of that, Stephon Gilmore played against the Kansas City Chiefs got up close and personal with, I'm sure, at least Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill, and Miko Hardman. We saw him hug Patrick Mahomes um, at the end of the game, which, you know, coming down on Patrick Mahomes for hugging Stephon Gilmore at the end of the game, like, like, that is a mistake that I actually totally understand. Like, these guys just finished playing a football game that, for all intents and purposes to them, felt like a normal football game. What you do is when you see your buddy after a football game, you hug him. And that's what they've been doing for years. And then, so so I don't put that on Patrick Mahomes. That is not Patrick Mahomes' fault that he accidentally hugs Stephon Gilmore. Like, a, a lapse in judgment, it happens. What shouldn't have happened is Stephon Gilmore should not have been on that football field to begin with. And as soon as he tested positive that morning, that game should not have happened. It's, it is ludicrous. It is absolutely ludicrous. And because of this, we might, and, and I am, <laughs> you are, you are on a roll, bro. I, I have found no place to interrupt you or bring in anything else because you are, you're rolling. Like you are, you are passionate about this. I am, I am extremely passionate about this. A, because of player safety. Um, I have, I had COVID-19, my listeners, not all my listeners know this, I had COVID-19 back in March. It is a miserable, miserable virus to contract. I have had loved ones uh, come down with COVID-19. Um, a, a friend of mine who I worked with on a show uh, not even two years ago, he passed away from COVID-19. A, a, a guy who was, who was 41 years old, like, like this... He was a he was a healthy guy. He was a Broadway. <laughs> Gosh, I'm I'm not trying to. Anyway, healthy people can be taken down by this virus, and it is obscene that the NFL has let it go to this point. So that is one player safety. Number two, I am running a fantasy football podcast. 
I love fantasy football. I love football. I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't. And what the NFL has done is it has put football at risk. It might mean that we not only don't get football for the because this this can very easily spiral out of control and it might it might mess up the season plus it might cause long-term damage to football players that we love and that we want to support and i i just pray that that they get this thing under control honestly i would rather them shut everything down right now and and let's 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 call it a wash. Let's let's either let's either let's either cancel the season so that it doesn't get any worse or postpone it. Football at least in general, you you have a, quite a few indoor stadiums. You can you can reset this in a somewhat bubble setting. I know bubble settings are much tougher for the NFL, and I don't even care if this if this creates issues with TV viewing. I don't care if this creates issues with with national broadcasts. Like if you want to have a football season, you have to do it right in this environment. Now, before before you get off your your soapbox, let me just ask you real quick because this is a predominantly fantasy football podcast. What does this mean for fantasy football? So, we we are we are staying up to date. That's a great question. We are staying up to date as of now, the the Monday night uh, the Monday night Patriots game and the Tuesday night Bills um, Titans game that should go on as planned, and if it does, then we continue the season. We continue the fantasy season. Um, I don't think it will, and this is why. You need just like I talked about last week, commissioners. You need to have a conversation with your league members right now. If there's no money on the line, it's not as big of an issue. Like, so what? You don't get the you don't get the championship trophy or the team punishment this year. Like, that's it's it's no big deal. If there is money on the line, money people can get very sensitive about money, and the team that is four zero right now will feel very different about what you should do with that money than the team that is 0-4. And the sooner you have that conversation, the better it will be for everyone involved. And in a in I think the the best scenario to do is to just return everyone's money to them. Like we can't do a shortened season. These these COVID teams are, were, were impossible to predict. Like Someone who drafted Derrick Henry and and Ryan Tannehill and AJ Brown, like well, AJ Brown's dealing with his own injury that's not COVID related, but there was no way to predict that like the Titans would be the team, and so the fair thing to be the, the fair thing to do, I think, would be to return the money. But most importantly, communicate with your league if you come up with a better solution. Do that. Like, if you want to give just like a little boost to that four and O team, just because, like, hey, good job, you really nailed the first quarter of the season. Um, do that. But communication will be key, and have the conversations now because this it might get rough for the NFL. Wonderful. I think that is a wonderful uh, assessment, and I think communication is key for two guys who have trouble communicating over this microphone right here. I think. You all listening can be key communicators and you can save your league and your friendships like that. But 
Seeing as things might not get canceled, we still have football and fantasy football to analyze, and we are going to help you win your league for as long as football is on. So, we are going to hit a recap of the Thursday night game between the Bears and the Bucks. Uh, then we are going to hit some early season awards, um, because who doesn't like giving out awards a quarter of the way through the season? And then we are going to hit our favorite flex plays of the week, because we helped you out so much last week. Uh, but first, we are going to hit that drop. This is the drop. This is the drop. This is the drop. Samuels versus Schlager. Oh, this is going to be brutal. So we spent a lot of time talking about COVID-19, so we are going to rush through this Thursday night recap, just hitting the players that like really need to be hit. First of all, gosh, the running backs on both of these teams who have struggled in years past, who have been breakout candidates in years past, they broke out in the same game. Ronald Jones runs, rushes for 106 yards, catches three passes, for nine, 19 yards, he had five total targets. That is that is a double-digit game for Ronald Jones. The only thing he's missing is some touchdowns. But, I mean, the entire Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense had trouble scoring touchdowns. Um, obviously, the only touchdown scored is a two-yard reception to Mike Evans, which, if if I were to place a single prop bet this, this season, it would be for Mike Evans to catch a pass for two yards or less for a touchdown in any given game. It is it is as sure of a prop bet as you could possibly have. On the other side, David Montgomery, our, our Chicago breakout running back, um, only averaged 2.9 yards per carry, uh, uh, r- rushing for 29 yards on 10 carries, but he caught seven passes, eight targets with Tariq Cohen out for 30 yards. And so... If you're in a non-PPR league, yeah, you get you get saved by a touchdown and he ends up getting you 11.9 points. But we're talking PPR, baby. That is a that is a an 18.9 point game for David Montgomery and you just you have to be thrilled about that, not just because it happened, but because it happened against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, which is sneakily one of the top rushing defenses in the game. Um, Nick Foles wasn't great. Tom Brady wasn't great. Um, other pass catchers weren't great. I mean, Allen Robinson was a target monster. He had 16 targets, 10 receptions, 90 yards. Again, a PPR monster. Allen Robinson is the only pass catcher you want in Chicago. Well, until Chris Godwin is back, Mike Evans is the only pass catcher you want in Tampa Bay. You know what's next? Early season rewards, baby! We are one quarter of the way through the season, and we have some rewards. Did I just say, ow, I just punched myself in the balls. How did I do that? How did you do that? How did I do that? That also hurts me. Ow. Okay. Well, um... Yes, you did say early season. You also might have said mid-season rewards. You're all over the place. I know, I know. I need to get it together. Early season awards for these fantasy football players. Um, I'm excited about this just because I love awards. Um, I love winning them, uh, and I love dishing them out, especially to players who deserve them. So, Four weeks into the season, we have one quarter of the season of of data to extrapolate these awards. I almost said rewards again. Awards. 
And our first award is going to be the MVP. <laughs> you're not a, you're the MVP is the, usually the last award. Yeah, but we're gonna we're gonna start with it. We're gonna work our way down. We're gonna do things opposite here because this is a special podcast. So our quarter season MVP, and this one was actually pretty easy. It is Alvin Kamara. And you could have chosen any number of, uh, of these quarterbacks that have just been blowing up. I mean, you have Dak Prescott, who is leading fantasy football in points right now. You have Josh Allen. You have Russell Wilson. You have Aaron Rodgers. But the thing that makes Kamara the MVP is the fact that he is a position player. He has 16 points more than the next closest position player. There is quarterback depth. Like I just I just named off four quarterbacks who are at the top who are scoring around this many points and that's half your league. You might have half your league getting this kind of production from quarterback. You have one person getting this kind of production from a position player and that is Alvin Kamara. The craziest thing about Alvin Kamara is he has a 27% target share. That doesn't even count his carries. That is target share. That is fourth in in target share behind Darren Waller, DeAndre Hopkins, and Keenan Allen for their respective teams. That's insane. Now, that is going to go down once Michael Thomas comes back. Absolutely, it'll go down once Michael Thomas comes back. Who cares? Who cares if it goes down to 20%? Like, it's crazy for a running back to be getting this kind of volume as a receiver. That is why he is my quarter season MVP. Do you want to do the next one? I do. I do. I want to talk about some happy things too. Offensive player of the year. That's right. We're doing that thing. We got an MVP and we have an offensive player of the year. Just like in the NFL, it is, what, the second best offensive player, I guess? Um, Very rare for a defensive player to win the MVP, especially in fantasy football. So, offensive player of the year. Well, the quarter year goes to Josh Allen because he is consistent, which is crazy. This is this is Josh Allen who I was ripping on uh, two weeks ago for saying that there was no way he could keep up this kind of production. Well, he has. Through these four weeks of the season, he is only one of three players to have scored at least 20 fantasy points in each of the first four games. One of them is obviously Kamara because he's a monster. The other one is actually Kyler Murray, who has been sneaky, sneaky good. Like he, and and, and in fantasy football, I would much rather have consistency than boomer bust. And even Dak Prescott scored fewer than 20 fantasy points in week one. Moving on to the next award. Absolutely, we have our preseason deep sleeper. Now this is, this, in order to qualify for this, you had to be a somewhat hype player Um, that was drafted in the 12th round or later in drafts. And the quarter season winner of that is Justin Jefferson. Now, I'll get to why it's not another player in a second. Um, But it is Justin Jefferson. And this is a bit of a speculation pick. This is more like, I think Justin Jefferson is going to be that deep sleeper um, winner at the end of this season. He has now had two games in a row where he's 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 caught over a hundred yards worth of passes. He's had over a hundred yards worth of receiving yards. I don't know how I'm talking right now. Um, he is he is con- getting a much more consistent target share in Minnesota. They weren't doing so well those first two games, 
And guess what happens? They start throwing the Justin Jefferson. Good things happen in that offense. I think he's going to be used much more further on. Now, I'm going to also take this next one. I want to I want to do an award. No, no, no. You did the whole COVID thing. I'm going to do more of the, the, the awards. Um, I keep calling them rewards. I don't know why. I'm crazy. So this next guy could have been a preseason deep sleeper one, but he wasn't really a deep sleeper. No one was talking about this guy. This is why the surprise award goes to Robbie Anderson, who has had double-digit fantasy points in every single game so far. He's also had double-digit targets in half of the games that he has played. Like, he is going to continue this production in a in, in a Carolina uh, uh, offense that is going to be playing from behind significantly because their defense isn't great. Now, we thought that DJ Moore would be the guy, but Robbie Anderson has a slightly higher target share than him right now. Now, I think DJ Moore starts to catch more passes. I think he gets more involved. I am confident in DJ Moore moving forward. But Robbie Anderson, first four weeks, surprise player of the first quarter of the season. And you can take this last one. Ah, thank you so much. The final award that we will be giving out in our quarter season awards is the league winner. Now, this is going to go to to the player who... I have a feeling will be on the most teams that win their league or that at least make the playoffs. And that player is none other than James Robinson. And this should be obvious. This is a guy who went undrafted because we didn't have the information that Leonard Fournette wouldn't be a Jaguar until very close to the season. So James Robinson comes out of nowhere and then we thought it was Reichwell Armstead. Reichwell Armstead gets injured. So it's James Robinson. He has had no fewer than 17 touches in any game this season. And in his most recent game, he was on the field for for a a season high for him, 76% of the snaps. And that was in a losing effort against the Bengals. He is on the field all the time. They trust him in the passing game. They trust him to, to run the ball. They trust him for everything. And James Robinson, who you got literally for free just before week one, or maybe even after week one, he will be a guy who wins you your league. Awesome. Let's move on to uh, to some actual analysis. But before we do that, that's right, baby. We have another live read because we have another episode sponsor because for some reason, people want us to keep making this podcast and they sponsor us to do so. Not with money as Samuels so often likes to remind me. So live read, here we go. Have you ever wanted to look like a health nut without actually being a health nut? Do you like sitting down but hate relaxing? Well, here at Ball Must Day, we have a solution for you. Yoga balls. Do people actually use it for yoga? We don't know, but you can sit on it. You can put it in the corner of your living room forever, and you can sit on it some more. It's good for your back, and your butt will thank you. The best part is, if you use the promo code SVS, you can get 20% off your first subscription to an online yoga course you'll never tune into. Yoga balls at Balmaste. Balmaste. Sit on our balls. Sit on our balls. Words of... Hey, I got nothing. 
was that was that a good was that a good live read? I thought it was a great live read. It's the best live read I've ever, I've ever done. It's only the second live read you've ever done. You did um Oh, you did sports meat. Oh, sports meat was great. Have you had some sports meat recently? We're not doing another sports meat live read. Oh my gosh. Okay, we have more football to get to. Thank you for a stunning live read. But we are going to pick up with some of our favorite flex plays on the week. Who do you have as your first? So, no spoilers, but I've got two players. We're each going to give a running back and a wide receiver. I've got two players who people seem to be sleeping on for some reason. And my running back is Kenyon Drake. Now, I say for some reason. I know exactly why you are sleeping on Kenyon Drake. He has had a disappointing beginning of his season, to say the least. This is a guy who was drafted in the second round in most leagues, I would say, maybe third round, and he hasn't gotten you more than 15 fantasy points in any game this season. He's only gotten double-digit fantasy points in half of his games. Like, extremely disappointing, especially when Carolina last week had given up so many uh, fantasy points to... Oh, God, what were the, the first two, the first two teams that they played? Um, two, oh, my God, yeah, he let, they let Josh Jacobs run all over them. They let Austin Eckler in, uh, have their way with them. Uh, they, let, they made Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette look good again. But Kenyon Drake could not do anything against them. So, yeah, why am I telling you to start him again? Uh, because I'm a glutton for punishment and the Jets absolutely suck. Now, the Carolina defense stepped up. I'm not sure what Cliff Kingsbury had going on, but that was not the Arizona Cardinals offense that any of us are accustomed to seeing. Um, so I am expecting that to be a nice kick in the butt for Cliff Kingsbury to get one of his most talented running backs that they are paying a lot of money involved. I mean... Kenyon Drake hasn't been getting any targets. That's been part of the problem. Last season, in, under the same offense with the same head coach, he averaged four targets per game. It would surprise me if after their offensive struggles last week, they don't take a good look at Kenyon Drake and try to get him the ball more. And if you're talking about rush attempts, he's outrushed, outrush attempted Chase Edmonds 67-16. to 16. So you're not worried about Chase Edmonds taking running volume. You're expecting them to be ahead on the Jets. And Kenyon Drake is quietly 11th in the league, tied with Dalvin Cook, with 12 red zone rush attempts. So we know that he's being used in the red area. So I think that this is a get-right game for Kenyon Drake. If not, then, you know, we're screwed. I, we traded for him in a league, and so this is kind of just a hoping that he gets right. I couldn't agree more because I would I really need Kenyon Drake to step up now. Um, my guy, uh, who was who was ranked in the... And again, these are flex plays, so they have to be ranked uh, at least in the 20s in at least one of Yahoo or ESPN. Miles Gaskin is ranked in the mid-20s in both Yahoo and ESPN. But he's... He's, he's an insane volume guy. Like, he's averaged five targets per game plus double-digit rush attempts in each of the past two games. Um, and he's clearly the running back that Miami wants on the field. He has never been 
on the field for less than 50% of the snaps, uh, less than 60% of the snaps, I think, even. And they've been playing from behind plenty. And San Francisco's run defense does not scare me as much with all the injuries on the, on the defensive line. So I'm expecting a big, a, at least a decent game from Miles Gaskin. He will definitely return on value if you play him in that flex spot. Um, do you want to talk about your second guy? I do. Another guy that um, both Yahoo and ESPN seem to be sleeping on. ESPN has him ranked 23. Yahoo has him 20. So... Yahoo really does have him as an RB2, but uh, he fits in the flex play for me, um, especially with where he was drafted. Deontay Johnson. I do not care that he is getting Darius Slay for a lot of this game coming up. He had double-digit targets in both games that he played this season in which he was not knocked out of the game with a concussion. So in weeks one and two, he had a 32% target share. If you tell me that a guy has a 32% target share, not only is he not a flex play, or not only is he a guaranteed flex play, rather, he is an, he is a wide receiver too for me at minimum. 32% target share. And I don't think Darius Slay, uh, he hasn't been having as lockdown of a season as he has been. So I think Deontay Johnson is still going to get that volume. He will definitely do well in your flex spot. Who's your last guy before we have to wrap it up? I have a bit more of a stretch. He's 25 on Yahoo, 27 on ESPN. I think this 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 wide receiver has the opportunity to finish as a top five wide receiver this week. It is Darius Slayton who is going to be playing against the miserable Dallas Cowboys defense. Dallas has allowed an average of 36.5 points per game. That is worst in the NFL. And I know the New York Giants offense has been struggling across the board, but if there's ever a game to get right, it's this one. I mean, Dallas has allowed the third most total yards per game, plus their offense is the third highest scoring offense in football. This is a recipe for Daniel Jones to need to throw the ball a lot, and Darius Slayton is averaging over seven targets per game. He is clearly Daniel Jones' favorite target. He's clearly Daniel Jones' favorite deep ball target. I think Darius Slayton scores at least one touchdown, probably two, and has the potential to score... Three, Like, I mean, this is a guy who could really blow up this weekend. If we have fantasy football, if COVID doesn't ruin everything. We're not going to talk about COVID anymore, though. We're not going to talk about anything anymore because we have to wrap up tonight. I know we were a little light on analysis tonight, but... We had a lot to talk about. We really wanted to do the midseason awards. Um, but we hit on our flex plays last week. We thought that it was very important for us to hit you with some of our favorite flex plays this week. So from all of us here at Samuels vs. Schlanger, all of us, there were two of us, bro. Okay, from all two of us here, there's only one. There's really, okay, from all of us here, however many that is, at Samuels versus Schlanger. We hope you stay healthy. We hope you stay safe. We hope we have fantasy football. We hope we have regular football. We hope that all of our favorite players that we love watching every single week stay healthy as well. You can follow us on Twitter at, at LTSchlamuels. Um, we are also still on the We Know Fantasy platform. Please follow We Know Fantasy at We Know Fantasy on Twitter. 
Tweet at them on Saturday and Sunday with all of your questions. They will answer every single one, and they have a bunch of smart people on their team. Really excited to be a part of them. So we will talk to you on Tuesday with our recap of the weekend's actions. Thank you. Good night. It's daytime.